There's Tyler's new crush, Gary <laughs> Bohannon, taking it in against the Sooners. Um, would you go in on a crush if he's the backup quarterback <laughs> this year? I think everyone would. <laughs> uh, here's the interesting thing. You know, he was a dangerous uh, ball carrier this year, but his yards, almost all of them came against Oklahoma, yards and touchdowns. Yeah, 107 <laughs> yards rushing, two touchdowns against OU. Go figure. Uh, uh, it's a third of his yards anyways, his rushing yards. Um, yeah, I guess – I heard you guys – you had someone from Baylor on, on Locked In. Yeah, Drake Toll, who's a part of the uh, – I think he's part of the 24-7 group that covers Baylor, Sikkim 365. Um, said that he's a great guy, awesome guy. Does have some deficiencies as a quarterback. I mean, that's pretty obvious, right. but he he can run the ball. I continue to say I, it, he, he is going to visit, by the way. Um, don't know exactly when, but he is going to visit OU, so there's something. Arkansas State is in the mix. Butch Jones, head coach over there. Missouri is in the mix. South Florida is in the mix. So we'll see if any other teams emerge, but the problem for OU is that he could probably start at Missouri, Arkansas State, or South Florida. OU is probably the only visit that he's going to take where he's not going to be the starting quarterback, and that's right. obviously a pretty big factor for, for a QB. Yeah, I'll tell you what's interesting is you know, I Baylor had a very conservative offensive philosophy. Run, run, run. You know they threw the ball, but not a whole heck of a lot. You know his his passing numbers are pretty pedestrian. Um, you know they didn't they didn't really let him push the ball downfield. Until the tail end so, of the season, then he had like se- – he was the longest, I think, in the country maybe before he threw a pick, and then he had like seven right. towards the tail end of the season in, you know, pretty rapid succession. Yeah, he did. Um, I, I, I'm just – I wonder – and I'll just tell you, I don't think that he's, he's going to come to OU. I don't. But I wonder what he would be like – with Levy as offensive coordinator, I because it's going to be it's going to be different. There's it's not going to be a, a super conservative philosophy, right? Now they're going to run the ball a lot, but they're also going to push it downfield a lot. That's that's not Levy's philosophy at all. So I don't know. Would he thrive in that? Would he be turnover prone in that? I just I don't know. I think that the majority of his role, if he's here, is, is still running the ball. Um, maybe there would be some, you know, RPO options and short yardage and goal line, but I think for the most part he'd be running the ball. And I was just kind of thinking back when that situation has worked out well for OU. I think we all say the Belldozer worked out well in 2011 and 2012, right? Sure. We all good with that? Um, yeah. The Kyler Murray situation in 2017 – it worked out well until Muleshoe wanted to throw him in the game and run a speed option to the near side uh, against a really good Georgia defense. That didn't work. For the most part, though, this change of pace quarterback has, has worked out pretty well for OU. They have a good track record of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, think, that that would, I think that would be something that would definitely help the offense, but 
I think we're going to have a fine short yardage package anyways with Marcus Major. Yeah, yeah. The Barnes kid. I think we're going to be good running it uh, between the tackles and short yardage. And, you know, that that's a – that's like a toughness and attitude and effort drill, and I know they did a ton of it in the spring. So I I look for us to excel whenever it comes to short yardage. You know, this is um, it's kind of a random question, but on the, the conversation that we're having. You know, when they first brought in the belldozer – you know, we always had the conversation of, well, how does Landry Jones feel about this? Does Landry Jones get embarrassed? Does he get mad run, having to run towards the sidelines when, you know, the team right. is at the one-foot line? I don't think we talk enough about the running backs, though, in that situation. How mad yeah. would the running backs be, you know? You get it all the way down the field, and that's their job, right around the goal line to get in the end zone, and instead it's, nah, let's just bring in a guy that's been standing over there the entire drive. Right. No, I I understand that. Um, especially, like, don't take away my touchdowns. Short yardage, okay, fine. Just don't take away my touchdowns down there on the goal line. But I don't know. I I don't know anything. You're saying you're telling me he's coming here for a visit. I believe that. I I just think it's too hard of a sell for a guy that can go be a starter at a mid-level school, well, a power five school, but like a, um, like a, a program that's middle tier and power five is what I mean by that. So I think it's an uphill battle. Would I welcome it? Absolutely. Do I think he would make Oklahoma a better football team? Absolutely. Do I think Levy could use him in some running situations, short yardage, goal line, Maybe even out there in you know in in regular territory, absolutely. I just my my gut tells me he's going to go somewhere where he can be the guaranteed starter. Sure. Yeah, uh, it's also in an interesting situation for him, and I don't know if he you know thought of this before he hopped in the portal, but nowadays, man, it probably makes even more sense for a guy that's not going to be the starter to hop in the portal and go else go elsewhere not because of the advantage of the portal that you can be immediately eligible somewhere and go start but if there's multiple teams out there that want your services and there are right now who's to say that even for a guy like Gary Bohannon there's not at least a little bit of a bidding war going on really so you're telling me that Bohannon is only in this for the money no I'm just saying that is one of the you know, unintended consequences maybe of, of getting into the portal is I I just wanted to go play somewhere, but dang, South Florida said they're going to pay me fifty thousand dollars now. That that's a bonus I didn't see coming. Cool. It's, it's like, wait a second, I got uh, I got bumped out of the starting job, and now people are offering money from yeah, other schools. Right. Wow, this is cool. I, yeah, this is nice. That would be amazing. Yeah, um, fascinating, fascinating how all these things have kind of unfolded. But I'll tell you, man, I thought Baylor was going to be good. I I thought, okay, their offense, probably going to take a step back. I'm worried now with Blake Shapen. He's – I don't know why I don't remember him much from that Oklahoma State game, but he was nails – 
23 of 28 for three touchdowns. Yep, gets good defense. Gets a good defense. Um, best defense in the Big 12 last year. One of the best in the country. Uh, that's, and I guess he had some other games too. What he played against Tech, uh, whenever Bohanian was hurt, twenty of yeah, thirty-four. He would have played in the Sugar Bowl too, which Baylor didn't do a whole lot offensively, but they they won the game against Ole Miss. So who I cares? think I think Bohannon played in the Sugar Bowl. Did he end up playing the Sugar Bowl? Yeah. Yep. I'm going to guess Shapin played at least a little bit in it. Let me just go back and look at he that. He doesn't have any stats from that game listed on his mm-hmm. stat sheet, but, um, you know, he played two games. He played Tech. Well, I guess he played Kansas State, Tech, and Oklahoma State, and five touchdowns, no interceptions, completed 72% of his passes. Uh, pretty good stuff. Yeah, Five, almost um, six hundred yards. I, I would expect Baylor to be a more open offense this year. J- I mean, yeah, because they have a more capable quarterback that they trust, but they may not be the defense that they were last year. Maybe they are. Maybe they got some dudes that we don't know about yet that are um, they're going to be elite, man. But I would expect Baylor to be in a, a little bit more open offensively, throwing the ball down the field. And if they are, right. they're good at it, along with the defense that's. You know, reloads pretty well. Yeah, man, watch out. They could be a top ten team again this year. And I know the running game is going to be good. Oh yeah, that's their a given. their their system that they that they use is great. And they're good at it. Now, I don't know. They found Abram Smith last year in the linebacker room. I don't know who they've got coming in to fill those those shoes, but I'm they're going to find someone. And whenever you look at the numbers he put up last year, it's not going to be hard to convince someone to come in and and play running back at Baylor. Yeah, um, I mean, we we were we were talking to that Drake Toll kid. I call him a kid because he's yeah. like twenty two or twenty three years old. And I just out of curiosity, I said, oh, "Okay, like you're on the message boards, like all that. Um, what what's what's the Baylor fans takeaway?" from the Brent Venables hire. And I asked that really not kind of forgetting or not realizing that the obvious is there that they hired a defensive-minded head coach with their previous head coaching hire. He made a great point, man. He said, you know what? I don't see how you can just sit back and say that this is not going to go extremely well. You know, Baylor hired a defensive coordinator that's had unbelievable success that wasn't near the offensive or near the defensive coordinator that Britt Venables was at the time. He was saying that Aranda was, you know, top five, top three in the game, but he didn't, he wasn't Britt Venables. He didn't have the resume of Britt Venables for all the great right. things that Dave Aranda did. Britt Venables was the best defensive coordinator in college football, maybe the greatest defensive coordinator that college football has ever seen. His point was like, use Dave Aranda as an example. Of course this hire is going to work out. Anyone that says otherwise is dumb. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel about it. That's not kind that's exactly how I feel about it, frankly. Anyone that says otherwise is dumb. And I can I can get it. There's there's some let's wait and see, but it's still a great hire and my biggest frustration is I, if if people said, okay, seems like a good hire, but he's never been a head coach before, let's wait and see. 
I would I would be a little more accepting of that. Frankly, I would still think it sucks as an opinion, but I'd be a little more accepting of that if they didn't choose that on a case by case basis. Yep. Like uh, just you know, fall all over themselves about the Marcus Freeman hire at Notre Dame whenever he's never been a head coach before and Brent Venables has more experience in his pinky than Marcus Freeman has. Oh, yeah, man. Now, doesn't mean that Marcus Freeman's not going to be a great coach. I think he's going to do really good at Notre Dame. But don't pick and choose when you're going to use that, especially when in, especially if you're not going to use it for one of the most experienced coaches in all of college football. At, at, at Experienced as in being at a high, high level at multiple places, playing in national championship games, winning national championships at multiple universities. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, the, these national guys who have no real depth when it comes to their opinions, it's all about the shiny, flashy hire, you know? And, and Marcus Freeman, though he was elevated from within – he is a flashy guy. You know, he, he is an exciting guy. And for whatever reason, I'll put it on laziness again by the national media, but Britt Venables is looked at as, oh, man, just a defensive coordinator. That's just not a sexy hire. That's not a fun hire at all. Well, come around right. here. Like, go listen to a press conference because we think it's pretty flashy. We think it's pretty fun, right? There's nothing right. boring about Brent Venables whatsoever. No, and if you think that, but. that's laziness on your part. Anything but. And, y- yeah, you haven't you haven't looked into it or or anything. I just – that's that's the most frustrating part of it to me, though, is I, I'm I, – I'm I would be way more accepting of that opinion if you used it across the board. If it, if it was across the board, okay, never been a head coach before, let's wait and see. Well, like you and said, then, that's still incredibly lazy and a dumb take, though. I mean, that's well. There's other other times where, like, take Sarkeesian at Texas, for example. You know, he was the offensive coordinator for Alabama, so he's the he's the hot name, and he's hired at Texas, and it's just the greatest hire ever. But he has been a head coach, and it wasn't all that good when he was a head coach. It was okay. It wasn't great. So there's yet another example of where things just aren't consistent. It's wild. Yeah. It's wild, but we've come to expect it. Like, we put these national media guys on a pedestal, but I think a lot of times, Teddy, they're the they're the dumbest ones in the room on, on a oh, lot of subjects. I'm sorry. Okay. Least yeah. informed, whatever you want to say, but it's accurate. Right. Well, at the end of the day, they are writing for clicks, right? And sometimes the best, uh, the best breakdown, the best knowledge, the best opinions, don't always generate the most clicks. The rod right here right? on the riff is where they're at. Well, <laughs> right. not all the time. Depends on the subject. Right. All right. Let's hit a quick timeout. Final hour rolls on here from Newcastle Casino. Remember. We've got the Kentucky Derby coming up this weekend. Expanded off-track betting area here at Newcastle Casino. they got the Front Row Sports Bar. That's where I'm at. They've got uh, a kiosk here, and they've got the horse races going on at the bar as well. Uh, remember, Saturday, Kentucky Derby. This is the best place to watch it and bet it right here at Newcastle Casino.
Final hour of the rush, taking you into the weekend. Riverwind Casino and Hotel bring you the final hour. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, keep the text coming on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Teddy got uh, a little upset on social media earlier today. I, I know that we all love that. Um, he had a right to be upset. It's a pretty crap take. I think on three does a really good job. I guess I'll give them some credit, Teddy. They had to have forgotten that Dylan Gabriel was a transfer quarterback because he was not listed as one of the top ten transfer portal quarterbacks in college football this year. Caleb Williams one, Quinn Ewers two, Rattler three, Jackson Dart four, uh, Bo Nix was six, Keaton Slovis was seven, Max Johnson was nine, and JT Daniels, who we just slammed an hour ago, was at number ten. As bad of a list as we've seen. Uh, yeah. Yes. I bet he's got more wins, more yards, more touchdowns than every single player on that list. Yeah, he'll have a better resume for sure. Um, he definitely... Maybe not Bo Nick. Bo Nix may be the only one, but it, like his, his numbers are... As far as wins, he may not have more than Bo Nix, but his numbers are going to be way better. Know. He may have more wins than Bo Nix. Not like he's won a Probably. ton out at uh, all. The only reason I say that is because he's played a bunch of football. I don't know what was worse, though. Not having Dylan Gabriel in the top ten or having Quinn Ewers at two, which the number two, I think, matches the number of uh, number of uh, passes, passes he thrown. had last year at Ohio State. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I. Uh, it's... They probably just forgot, which it, it, it's the same. If you forgot, it's just as bad as if you didn't forget and didn't put him on there, right? I mean, it's if the, that's your job to cover college sports. Uh, yeah, I would come out there and say, all right, our bad, we forgot to put Dylan Gabriel on here. We'll put him at number four, five, whatever. I don't know, like Jackson Dart almost came to OU. But he didn't come to OU because he wasn't going to be the starting quarterback over Dylan Gabriel. Yet Jackson Dart is number four on this list, and Dylan Gabriel is nowhere to be found. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. I think that if you add up Bo Nix's entire uh, career touchdown passes, it may equal one of Dylan Gabriel's seasons. <laughs> Maybe, man. It's wild. Um, I just, honestly, when I see a list come out, I expect it to be really, really bad instead of something that I say, oh, yeah, I, I guess I agree with that. Yeah, well, hey, that's just kind of how it goes. Um, former UFC uh, USC quarterbacks that could not get on the field at USC are all over this list, right? I mean, it, that's all it is. It's odd. Dart, Daniels, Slovis, they're everywhere. It's pretty amazing that USC quarterbacks still get the bump nationally, you know? when UFC quarterbacks have been pretty garbage 
the past decade plus. You know, you think after a while you wouldn't continue to get the USC bump for just being an SC quarterback, but that continues to happen even though they've been bad and even though these guys haven't really gotten on the field anywhere else. I now, find that odd. Here's the thing. I think Jackson Dart's going to be really good. I do. Um, he, he's, he's got a lot to him. He's athletic. He's, he's got some attitude, some competitiveness, good arm. I think he's going to be really good. I wouldn't – it's not that he – I'm saying he doesn't deserve to be on this list, but has how much football has he played? One game? Not a whole lot, man. Not very much at all. How much – Quinn Ewers hasn't played any football. Nope. Dart hasn't played hardly any football. Hell, JT Daniels in like four years hasn't played that much football. Max Johnson? Yeah, he was on a terrible LSU team last year that had to win in the final week of the regular season and just make a bowl game. Oh, and they did go to a bowl game, and they got embarrassed by Kansas State. But, yeah, he's great. I watched him last year. He is not a good, not a good well, player. I think, he, I think he could be way better playing on a better team, but I, I still – hey, man – at the end of the day, I love this. I think it's just more fuel for the fire for um, for these guys to go out and prove people wrong. But I just like to point out how horrible some people are at what they do. Yep. Yeah, they're, you know? they're bad. And I don't know if it's purely they're just bad at their job or they're just looking for the takes. But either way, it's just – that's why I feel like there's such a disconnect between the average fan and kind of the national media outlet right now. Because it's gotten to a point now where everything is just a, not even a hot take. Like, some hot takes can be right, you know? But these are just wrong. At, like, something like this is wrong at every level. It doesn't even make sense. Yeah, all these teams. You got South Carolina, Ole Miss, Washington State. Pitt, Indiana, and West Virginia. So of of the ten schools on here, uh, six or seven of them probably won't even be in the top twenty-five. Yeah. Next year. Well, um, how about this? Great point on the text line. Is Jackson Dart even going to be the starter at Ole Miss? Maybe not. I guess he stunk it up at Ole Miss's spring game and. There's a thought that it's going to be the, the Luke Altmyer kid who was the backup last year and not Jackson Dart. Right. Uh, Max Johnson's in a quarterback battle too, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, with like two other guys, yes. Um, and JT Daniels may win the starting job, but if someone would take the bet, I would bet that he doesn't finish the season. Uh, Yeah, why isn't that? I know that he's really small, and we haven't really seen him throw the ball. But is that Garrett Green kid just never going to be the starter? I guess not. Hmm. I guess not. I mean, I that's – Teddy, that's as They good were really enough. excited about him at one point. But I think he had – I think he had a bunch of, like, really bad turnovers last year when yeah, they tried to I could, start putting him out there. I could see that. I mean, some few big plays here and there, but a lot of really bad turnovers. But at least they have the threat of hitting on a big play with him. Yeah. Otherwise, it's – 
God, they are three yards in a cloud of dust. He is one of those guys, though, that Neil Brown, like, I like him as a head coach. I think he's a good coach. But at some point, you are what your record is, and his record is not very good. No, it's not. He, they've had, uh, they've had a rough go of it there, and I frankly don't see it getting turned around. I don't. Though I say I that be... they, they nearly uh, almost came the Norman and won last year without a bad snap. They yeah. done just that. That is meaningless. Tulane. Nebraska, the two teams uh, combined for six wins last year, and both of those teams had us on the ropes. Yeah. So Texas Tech was the worst team ever because OU actually handled them last year? Must have been. They fired their coach the day before we played them. <laughs> and now he's here. Before. And now he's here. All right. All right. I still like that hire. but I'm kidding. I, I still think that's a good hire to the staff, especially in the role that he's in. No, I don't totally think he'll agree. be there. But I don't think he'll be here for very long, though. He'll be. This may be his only year here. One year? Yeah, I. Yeah, I, I mean that's not. It's not really a gig that you want to get comfortable in, you know. I, like, Why not? You want if you're still. I don't know how much buyout money that he's getting, so the payout's nice. But if you got anything about you, I'd guess that you'd want to go and try and be an OC somewhere else. But maybe not, man. Maybe he's living the good life. If you got anything about you, you just take the buyout money, uh, go work at OU as an uh, an assistant, play some golf low key in the off season. Cheap property. That's a dream life, dude. Isn't yeah. that it? Isn't that what we're all hoping for? Can That's build, the American dream. Build a, build a nice house with the cash that he has. Uh, this area of the country. That's right. That's right. Build That's your forever American dream. home here. Yep. All right. Uh, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We've got a couple segments left here from Newcastle Casino. Remember, we've got the Kentucky Derby coming up this weekend. They've got their off-track betting location. They just expanded it. Tons of seating, tons of TVs. They've got betting kiosks out there. Really, really cool stuff here at Newcastle. Here's Patty Gasso from last night's 7-1 win over Oklahoma State in Game 1 of Bedlam. Game 2. Set to begin in about 20 minutes on ESPN2. OU wins through the Big 12 champs for the 10th consecutive year. I've been looking for a lineup. I haven't seen one, but I'm going to guess that like every other weekend, game two, you're going to go with Hope Troutwine, the North Texas transfer. She's been amazing, and it's hard to not feel really good about OU's chances in game two. And though the crowd was uh, lit last night and there were a lot of people, I would expect there's even more people uh, out this evening. Well, it's going to be nicer out. Uh, now the sun came out and everything yesterday evening and uh, started to get nice outside, but it was still really chilly. Right now, um, I, it's like it's 75, 80 degrees out there. Uh, Just perfect. a beautiful, beautiful day. So, yeah, I'm with you. I expect it to be really nice showing out there. And I think – I think you see the fireworks in this game. Ooh, really? What do you mean by fireworks? Yeah. I think of uh, Jocelyn Allo bombs when we talk about fireworks. Yeah, here's the thing, okay? Oklahoma State was coming into this game. They had high expectations. We're going to be the ones to knock them off. We're going to be the ones to be the, the, the first team to win a series in Norman since, what, 97? They 
they spit the bit. They had opportunities. They had they had runners aboard. They they had opportunities to get easy outs and bobbled the ball or made a terrible throw over to first from 20 feet away. They spit the bit. That was the opportunity. And now they know that, and the confidence, they had some false confidence last night, and that that can go a long way. When you go out there and you perform and you make some plays, hey, we got a shot at this. They weren't able to do it. I feel like tonight the confidence isn't going to be there. We're going to continue to see really weird batting stances. (laughs) One stiff-legged, standing absolutely straight up and down with no ability to swing the bat with any athletic ability, the other with legs crossed. Run rule? Run rule. Yeah. You know, there, there's uh, it's really hard to play against OU, uh, duh, because they're really good. But you know that going into a game, oh, my gosh, I've, I've got to be perfect, especially defensively. i got to be perfect. we got to be perfect because every time – Someone gives OU an extra out or an extra opportunity. They make you pay every single time. Every, every single time. So instead of just playing like loose and free when you play your best ball, it's, it feels like you probably play tight against OU all the time because it's, oh, God, if I make the one error, that is absolutely going to come crashing down that inning. We've got to be that's perfect right. in all regards. That's, that's, that's tough. That's right. You know – it's that play that I was talking about. It should have been an easy double play. Line drive right to the second baseman, right? Easiest throw you could make. I think maybe she was worried about hitting the runner that was going back to tag up, but the runner slid. Whatever happened, it was a terrible throw, but should have been an easy double play. I wanted to ask you, I'm not sure who the, uh, the OU hitter was. How did she not see that that ball was caught and she almost destroyed her own teammate yeah, she, well, she, uh, on the face She pass. rounded past her, right? And I was right. like, oh, well, she would have been out anyway. I mean, even if that wasn't caught. But um, I, have right. no idea. I have no idea. But, yeah, it's just. Hey, I like the effort. I like the hustle. Sure. They're, uh, they're a juggernaut right now. And, you know, sometimes there's, a, a, you know, all the time, I would say, there's a little bit of a gap between your number one starter and your number two starter. But judging by the numbers, that's not true with OU. Everyone talks about Jordy Ball and she's been great. But in several areas, Hope Troutwine's numbers are better, including, I think, ERA. There's just no yeah. – it's just a constant barrage. You can never just get comfortable against this team. It's always a fight at the plate. I mean, defensively, they're good. It's just all around, man. They're, they're elite. Yeah, that's it's funny, you know. You lose the first one, you're probably like, man, hopefully they don't throw that pitcher again, and they may not. But the other pitcher that they're going to throw numbers are is good or better. It's wild. And is that is that who you think they throw tonight? I would guess it's Try hope on. on on Saturday and or hope tonight. Sorry, tonight's Friday night. It's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Things messing with me. What I'll be interested to see is, you know, the rotation this year. They've had a legit rotation. It's not just been, you know, Jordy Ball the entire way or just Jordy and Hope. I'll be interested to see now that it is kind of technically the postseason feel. Will they go Jordy, 
will they go Hope, and then will they go Nicole May? Nicole May's been the number three this year, and she's been really good in the in the role that she's been asked to perform, no doubt about it. But clearly, I, I think that we all know that that, that both Hope and Jordy Ball are, are better pitchers. Does the... Does the staff shrink a little bit to just a two-pitcher approach this late in the year? I think that's one thing to watch this weekend and beyond. Yeah. Uh, so you're thinking there's maybe a chance that you're starting to round into postseason play. They go Jordy Ball, Trout Wine, and Jordy Ball again on yeah, Saturday. Yeah, and especially if what I think they get more days this year with the Women's College World Series. That's been a complaint before. I think that there's the tournament lasts longer, I want to say. So that that would be Which let me just say, I I believe that is a mistake. Yeah, you lose some momentum. I I can see that. Yeah. It's it's our complaint about the NCAA tournament from the first round of the second round. Yep. And that's not just a – it's not a softball thing. I I think whenever you – Part of the appeal is that it's it's constant, that it's always happening, that there's there's always action, and I don't know. I don't like I don't I don't like to stretch it. I think you do lose that momentum. I think I think you lose the captured audience that you have. Like even if their team is out of it, and the game is you know later that night or the next morning and it's it's on you quick you may still have that audience from a team that's been eliminated but as you stretch things out think you lose people yeah. so well just I, a thought i am dreading the women's college world series and all the takes of well oh you has an unfair advantage because they get to play in oklahoma city okay all right i mean i they didn't have an unfair advantage making it to the Women's College World Series every single year. I didn't hear anybody complain about that. It's just no one was complaining when uh, LSU got to play in the national championship game in New Orleans like four times in the past 25 years. Right. Um, maybe it is an advantage. Who gives a rip? I don't. I've, the field is the same exact size, isn't it? Yeah, Come on. it is. It Let's is, go. and it's act, they act like UCLA fans don't show up there or Alabama fans don't show up there. Do they show up as much as OU fans? No, but you still have well, fans Well, whose fault that is that? Up. It's their fault. I'm, that's why it's, okay. it's dumb. It's dumb. That's right. That's right. It's not like – well, I, I, sh- I was about to say it's not like there's season ticket holders up there, but there may be. Is wow. there? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I don't see. know how that works. Text line, good luck to Teddy on Fridays during the summer. Enjoy partial retirement. Yeah, appreciate you. Teddy, explain the play against Florida State when you lined up at fullback and Josh got blown up as he as he tried to run to the left side. He should have pitched the ball. It was the option. Was that really That's the play? They, was it really a, uh-huh. an option play? Uh-huh. To you or to, to Q? No, no, I, it was to uh, Q. Yeah, we ran, we ran one, like, double lead. And then we ran one uh, option play. Yeah. And I think I think the what did the backside defensive end get him? Some I, I can't remember. I haven't seen it in a long time. Looks like uh, Britt Vittables is at the game tonight. By the way. Oh really? Yeah. Support the softball team. 
Is he gonna... Rodney Anderson. Looks like he's also is, there as well. Is he going to grab the mic and say, uh, second baseman can't catch? <laughs> no, uh, the umpire is going to yell, play ball! And he's going to say, hold on, sort of fetch! Are you ready? And then go on for 15 <laughs> minutes about pumping up the crowd. The, the game will be delayed tonight if Britt Venables is speaking. Should should he get up and say, we're going to have a, a relentless, suffocating physical defense and a high-powered, fast offense? What was the quote? I don't remember what exactly should, what it was. Say? It was amazing, but OSU fans, I'm sure, will be yelling drunk in the stands that he's a first-year head coach and he's not going to be any good. I'm sure they're taking the national approach to this. Well, we, we just don't know yet. You know, we haven't seen him as a head coach. We'll see. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap things up next. Stay tuned.